Thanks, everyone, and good afternoon. Thanks for coming here today to listen to this announcement. It's nice uh, to be outside in downtown Calgary, seeing people out and enjoying the nice weather. Uh, we're here to talk about new supports to protect our cities and towns so that more people can enjoy them safely. The job of protecting communities and keeping them safe for everyone should be one of the most important functions of any government. And for, for our government, public safety is a top priority. We've been focused on finding new approaches and strategies to keeping Albertans safe. To this end, I'm pleased to announce that the Alberta Crime Prevention Grant is ready and available for eligible groups and organizations to apply. We created this grant of $5.2 million over the next two years to support Alberta organizations working to prevent and reduce crime in our communities, keeping our family and our friends safe. Eligible projects and initiatives would include programs that deliver crime prevention, community safety, and well-being services, projects that deliver youth gang prevention and exit programs, and work which enhances skills, knowledge, and capacity of organizations focused on crime prevention. Now, eligible groups and organizations can submit their applications starting today until September 30th. More information about eligibility requirements and how you can apply, that's all available right now online at alberta.ca. The Alberta Crime Prevention Grant is just one example of our commitment to keeping us safe. Just last year, we implemented the Rapid Response Initiative as a new way to address a significant challenge for law enforcement and the public in rural Alberta. We also gave officers in the Sheriff Highway Patrol the authority to investigate impaired driving and other criminal offenses, which is making our roads safer. But keeping our community safe and secure doesn't just warrant a government response. It also requires a community response as well. After all, we all need to work together to ensure that Alberta is a safe and vibrant place to live and work and to play. And that's why this grant will support the work of various organizations of Albertans who devote their time and their energy to keeping our community safe. And these organizations, these folks who make Alberta a safer and, and more community-minded place, Alberta's government is committed to ensuring that the safety of our communities, whether that's through direct action or supporting organizations that are striving for this goal too, I encourage eligible groups and organizations working to prevent and reduce crime in the province to apply for the Alberta Crime Prevention Grant to fund their projects and initiatives. Let's continue working together to ensure that our communities remain safe and that they remain free of crime for generations to come. With this, very pleased to be handing over the podium now over to Jean Boda, the president of the Alberta Community Crime Prevention Association, who can talk more about what the Alberta Crime Prevention Grant means for organizations committed to public safety, such as the Alberta Community Crime Prevention uh, Association. So thank you very much for attending this announcement, and Jean, over to you. And I think, is this, pull it down? How, how, how's that? No, nope, no. Nope. Straight down. Oh. There you go. 
Yeah, you kind of have to. Oh, great, great. Well, good afternoon. And first of all, I'd like to acknowledge that we're gathered today on the traditional territory of Treaty 7. And I'd also like to acknowledge the Métis Nations, Treaty 3, and their people who share this territory. I'd also like to acknowledge Justice Minister Shandro and his ministry, as well as Solicitor General Department, and take time to thank the ministry for the opportunity to speak this afternoon on the importance of this community or crime prevention grant announcement. My name is Jean Boda. I'm chair of the Alberta Community Crime Prevention Association. We are a nonprofit organization that's been in Alberta since 1989. We have a very diverse board of 15 members with representation from across the province. Our mandate is bringing agencies and citizens together to build safer communities and promote well-being for all. Our goal is to ensure safety to Albertans, both rural and urban, and their communities through education and crime prevention awareness. We also feel when our communities are connected, engaged, and empowered. We have sustainable communities where everyone feels safe, they have a sense of belonging, and there is access to services. Albertans need to feel and deserve to need and deserve to feel safe in their homes and their communities. And a good crime prevention initiative ensures that the community is the focal point that there is community-based strategies and approaches when preventing and dealing with crime. Also, there is support for local organizations that propose activities or events that have the potential to reduce the impact of crime within a larger community or even a municipality. In conjunction with our law enforcement partners, our community safety partners, and our community organizations, our organization has seen firsthand the importance of crime prevention programs. These programs provide funding to enable community agencies and crime prevention groups to come together and embrace a more inclusive, integrated, and proactive approach to community safety as opposed to a reactive approach, all the while being sensitive to the local needs of the residents and groups within that community. So today, Alberta Community Crime Prevention is excited to share in the announcement of the Crime Prevention Grant. We look forward to working with the Justice Ministry and Solicitor General's Department as we move Alberta communities, both rural and urban, towards forward with education and crime prevention awareness within the province of Alberta. Thank you. And now I would like to turn the podium over to Chief Mark Neufeld with Calgary City Police. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and thank you for coming. Mr. Shandro, uh, and I'd also like to thank the Ministry of Justice and Solicitor General for inviting me to present here today and to attend this announcement. I attend here in two capacities. One is my uh, in my role as Chief Constable for the Calgary Police Service, and the other in my role as the President of the Alberta Association of Chiefs of Police. The Calgary Police Service, like the province and like our partners here today, are deeply committed to the safety and security of our communities and our citizens. Our communities are facing numerous challenges today, as we all know, and often what receives the most attention is the visible evidence of police officers responding to incidents after they've already taken place. 
But in fact, a large portion of what our officers do in community is engage with citizens about things that are happening, educating folks on emerging crime trends or safety issues, and increasing awareness around how Calgarians and Albertans can better reduce crimes of opportunity and also avoid becoming victims of crime themselves. Our officers work closely with numerous community-based organizations, including the ones that are participating here today. Some of these partners will now be eligible, as they've mentioned, to apply for this much-needed funding. The funding is yet another resource for both police as well as our community and not-for-profit partners to access in order to deliver additional crime prevention, community safety, and well-being programs. As we've seen lately, violent crime has heavily ta taxed our police services, resulting in significant impact on resources. These types of crimes also impact other first responders and agencies who have a hand in those types of responses. And I don't have to tell you about the impact that violent crime has on individuals, on families, and on communities. So even as we continue our suppression and investigation responses to crimes that have already taken place, I can tell you that we will continue to be committed to crime prevention and to working with our partners in our community. This grant represents an additional opportunity to fund initiatives and projects to prevent crime, to prevent harm and victimization, and to improve the safety and well-being for all Albertans. Thank you very much. I'm going to hand the podium over to Mark Gerlitz. Mark is a director from Calgary Crime Stoppers and sits on the board of directors for the provincial uh, group as well. Mark. Thank you, Chief Dufeld. As mentioned, I'm Mark Gerlitz with Calgary Crime Stoppers. On the way over here, I was thinking of a number. My number was 97. 97. As of yesterday, that's how many shootings have occurred in Calgary, and it's still August. Not Los Angeles, not New York, but Calgary. 97. Ask yourself, is that the Calgary you want? I would like to thank the Alberta government, and in particular, Minister Justice, Solicitor General Tyler Shandro, for their commitment to crime prevention and crime reduction. Achieving successful crime prevention requires a strong partnership between government, police, and the community. The community portion is often represented by not-for-profit, volunteer organizations like Crime Stoppers and Alberta Community Crime Prevention Association, and others. The economic downturn that started in 2015 and was closely followed by COVID-19 and record inflation have posed significant challenges for organizations like Crime Stoppers, both in terms of raising funds and the ability to attract volunteers. Minister Shandro, together with the Alberta government, recognized and are addressing these challenges by providing much-needed funding initiatives aimed at crime prevention and community safety. Without government funding, some of these organizations might not be around next year. Prior to the recently announced Alberta government funding, Crime Stoppers was an at-risk organization. Crime Stoppers still has funding and volunteer challenges, but at least we'll be able to continue to provide our programs for the next several years, thanks to the funding provided by the Alberta government. Since 1983, Crime Stoppers has been an integral part of helping law enforcement to solve and prevent crimes in Alberta. We're a volunteer-led organization that has, until this summer, relied solely on private funding from individuals and businesses. This is the first year we've got government funding. Crime Stoppers is made up of volunteers, community leaders, and mostly Albertans that care about the safety of our community. 
We are always looking for volunteers and encourage anyone interested to reach out. We work closely with law enforcement across the province. However, we are a separate entity from the police. Our mission is to help solve and prevent crime by providing anonymous tip reporting online, through our app, and by calling 1-800-222-TIPS. We also provide education and crime-specific initiatives in Alberta communities. When citizens have witnessed a crime or have information related to a crime and want to stay anonymous, they can contact Crime Stoppers. All tip information is gathered and forwarded directly to the police. It is always anonymous. And this has been upheld by the courts. Crime Stoppers has been a valuable partner in helping law enforcement by sharing information about wanted individuals, taking guns and drugs off the streets, by bringing information forth to the police that they are unaware of. We've provided tips that are instrumental in solving murders, finding missing persons, recovering stolen property, and preventing human trafficking. Since we were founded in the early 80s, Crime Stoppers has received over 280,000 tips. This has resulted in 17,000 arrests. We've helped seize over $400 million in drugs, cash, firearms, and stolen property. Crime Stoppers has authorized over $2.7 million in rewards to tipsters province-wide. On behalf of Crime Stoppers, we are grateful for the Alberta government funding initiatives and crime prevention projects in the province. We'd like to thank the government of Alberta for their commitment to crime prevention and for crime reduction. With their support, uh, Crime Stoppers will continue to help our police partners prevent and solve crimes and make commitments and communities a safer place for our families to live. Lastly, I would like to encourage all community members who care about crime prevention and safety in their community to donate their time or money or both to community organizations like Crime Stoppers. Thank you. Thank you very much, Mark. Um, we'll now take uh, questions. Uh, we'll start from uh, the group of reporters we have here today. Um, all four of our speakers at today's press conference are available to answer questions. Uh, if you could please line up at uh, the microphone provided uh, to our left over here. Um, again, if you could uh, please state uh, your name and your affiliation. Uh, we'll have one question and one uh, follow-up. And, and, and thank you as, as well. Uh, Gene, Mark, uh, Chief Constable, thank you for, for joining us for this announcement. It means a lot to us. Um, great, great for us to be able to have an announcement outside. An outside announcement for speakers and not one of a swallow to be. So imagine <laughs> that, right? Um, you have a question? Hi, yes, I have a question for Chief Mark Neufeld. Um, Calgary has seen record numbers of gun violence. We keep hearing that, um, you know, it's not all organized crime related, but can you speak on where these guns are coming from? Like, how are people getting access to this much guns, this many guns? Yeah, it's a great question. So Mark kind of started us off here, and I knew exactly where he was going when he said he was thinking of a number, and the number was 97, because I've given that number a lot of thought as well. So I thought of a couple other numbers before I get to the answer to your question, and one of them is the number 46. That's the smallest number of shootings we've had here in Calgary in the past five years. The other number was 112. That's the highest number we've had. That was in 2020. The other number was 87, which is the five-year average for shootings here in our city. 
Uh, and here we are at the end of August, as has been pointed out, and we're sitting with 97. So that's fairly unprecedented for us, I would say. We're in unprecedented territory. Your question about uh, sort of, you know, the the analysis of, of how many of these are organized crime related and how many of these are attributable to other things is a really good one. And of course, we look at this. You can imagine when we look at these, in order to classify something as being attributable to organized crime, there needs to actually be evidence, hard evidence to say that this can be linked to organized crime. In some cases, we have that and we can do it quite easily. In other cases, you know, we get called out to situations where the community has reported uh, shots fired and we might get there and all we may find to prove that there was a shooting is some shell casings on the ground or some damage or that type of thing. So those will go into the column as well for shootings, but really very little sometimes to go on if there's no witnesses or, or that sort of thing to further the investigation. So, um, so looking at the 97 and trying to figure out what the main drivers are has been more difficult than previous years because previous years the drivers have been more obvious. So there's been 75% of the shootings have been attributable to other uh, reasons and other drivers uh, and some of them have more of an element of randomness to them, which makes them more difficult to intervene in. So I'd give you that. In terms of your direct question about where the firearms are coming from, there does seem to be an increase in firearms. We've to date seized 303 crime guns, which is consistent, actually, with what we've seized over the last number of years. But the year's not over yet either. Uh, in terms of the, the where the guns come from. It's generally, and I've not, I've not seen these numbers recently, but generally speaking, as we look at them, it's about half and half. So guns that have been smuggled from the U.S. over the border, if, if we can tell, there's times where, you know, serial numbers are ground off and you can't actually trace them. Uh, but in other cases, it's from uh, break and enters as well, where somebody's home has been broken into, guns have been safely stored or not, and they've ended up falling into the wrong hands. The last way that we've seen guns change hands is through straw buyers. You're probably aware of individuals who are lawful people who have uh, firearms uh, licenses to purchase firearms and then they'll buy them and then they fall into the hands of organized crime. Those are the three main ways that guns are getting into the hands of individuals using them. Great. Uh, for my follow-up, can you maybe talk about uh, just here in Calgary what this money will mean for Calgary if, if you get it and how it'll improve our situation? Well, I think it's important uh, on the prevention side, right? Like the, the activities of the members right now responding to the shootings that have occurred, this, will, this won't necessarily help that. We're going to continue to do that as one of our top priorities, obviously. But I think where we can uh, focus is what we're looking at is the work that was done previously on the Public Safety Task Force. There were some recommendations there that maybe didn't have funding at the time. Also, when we think about things like community safety plans that are, that are mentioned in the funding opportunity as well, looking at specific communities, when we look at sort of the, the people of crime, the places of crime, the activities of crime where we focus, there may be some opportunities there as well. And of course, as has been mentioned, our nonprofit partners will have all kinds of opportunities to basically uh, develop and fund programming that will intervene and support the effort as well. So I think this will have a significant positive impact for our community for certain, both in the short term and the long term. Thank you. Thank you very much, Chief. Uh, next. Sorry to pry you back. My question is also for Chief Constable. Uh, my name is Tate Laycraft from City News. Uh, three shootings have taken place in Radisson Heights in the last 13 days. One was labeled suspicious, another targeted, and last night uh, a man was arrested in connection uh, with the incident on August 11th. Is it still believed that all these incidents aren't related to gangs? 
Yeah, we've got people at work on this right away type thing. And again, as I said, it's not as linear or as clear as you might think. Uh, sometimes it is quite clear that things are connected to one another. And then other times it's more difficult to make those connections. So sometimes those materialize over time and then sometimes they don't at all. Sometimes we have a hunch, you know, but if we don't have evidence to link them, then we don't attribute it to organized crime. So again, if it's if we're not certain, we don't we don't do it. And just regarding the suspect from last night's shooting, uh, any update on his condition? I don't have an update on his condition uh, at this time, but certainly if you reach out to our newsroom there, we can give you something if we have it. Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, next. Um, my question is also going to be for you. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so I guess uh, thank you, first of all, for providing those numbers. Um, and I just wanted to clarify something about uh, that. So you said that the highest was 112 in 2020. Is that all time or in the last five years or, or how, how are you measuring that? Yeah, that's the last five years. I, I wouldn't want to say it's all time. I'd have to look back. I think it may be the case, but I'd confirm that for you. But those numbers, the averages and the high and low last five years. Okay. Thanks for clarifying. And uh, yeah, I guess what's your reaction to hearing again, 97 uh, already surpassed last year's number of shootings. Um, how are you feeling as, as the police chief? Well, I don't feel great about it because of course I have the opportunity to sort of see and hear firsthand the impacts of these incidents on the community, uh, on individuals and also our officers. Uh, these are a lot of traumatic events that our officers and other first responders are attending to that are not easy events to go to. We've seen a lot going on in the city not not even just you know uh, um, uniquely uh, associated to shooting events, but just lots of traumatic events in the city. And so this is having an impact on our first responders, our healthcare, uh, the systems as as uh, as a whole. Um, so I certainly feel there, but I certainly feel for the folks that are involved and in the communities because I see the comments in the media there from individuals living in Radisson and places that you know they they consider to be. Uh, safe communities and I consider those to be safe communities but they're not feeling safe and I completely understand so it makes me feel like we really need to redouble our efforts to be working with community to see what we can do to try to intervene where we where we can thank you thank you thank you very much uh next hi uh have a minister or a question for the minister um I was talking yesterday with the, a member of the Somali community um he's involved in outreach in his community and he was talking about um the success, the success they've seen uh, in working with youth, but he also uh, was concerned that uh, smaller organizations such as his are getting passed over for larger mainstream organizations that have more uh, clout when it comes to grant applications. Uh, I guess I'm wondering, are you doing anything to ensure that um, there's outreach to these smaller organizations to make sure they know about these group, uh, these this grant? Uh, the answer is yes, and and we learned a lot when we. Um made announcements related to the ACE of the, um, the, the security infrastructure program, hearing that a lot of um, small community organizations, faith communities, who don't have you know, somebody who's a, a professional on staff to be able to help them draft applications to be successful for a grant, um, that they were having difficulty. So we, we end up um, learning from that opportunity so that we can make sure that we in JSG are, are doing that, that uh, type of uh, outreach to organizations helping them give, get feedback um, so that um, all organizations have an opportunity to, to be successful in their applications. And, and as a follow-up, I'm wondering uh, if you could talk a bit about the range of what will be applicable for, for grants. Uh, for instance, he was talking about just the success they saw with building a basketball court, which might not be seen as crime, 
crime prevention, but could you talk about the range of what, what you'll be funding? Well, I, I mean, we, we do have the, the um, eligibility um, criteria that's on, on the website. I, I'm not going to speak necessarily to that specific application, and I'll, I'll leave it for um, civil servants and, and JSG to be able to give feedback on, on that. But uh, my invitation to a, an organization like that is, is that our, our doors open and we're willing to have conversations to, to help people understand what, what would be eligible and what might not be eligible and to, to help them be successful in their applications. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you very much. Um, we have one uh, caller. Can we please put through the first caller? Thank you. Yes, first question on the phone is from Lauren Pullen, Global Calgary. Hi, everyone. Thanks for taking my question this afternoon. Um, my first question is for the chief. Uh, you were asked how you feel about the situation right now. I'm hoping to dive a bit more into that on your level of concern uh, with what we are seeing and specifics on what can be done now to try and bring down this gun violence. Yeah, thank you for the question, Lauren. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't feel good about it. And as a service, I can tell you we don't either. As you get down, you know, in the office of the chief that has, looks over the whole city, but then we've got our uh, districts that actually are closer to on the ground uh, with folks. I can tell you that we we have to take this very personally. Uh, as much as gun violence isn't a problem that's unique to our city here in Calgary, we've seen increases in other major cities uh, across North America as well. I just think it's really important that we continue to work together with community, with all orders of government and our partners to make sure that this doesn't become normalized, that this is okay. Because as I said, one of these is one too many. I think we all accept that in large cities there, we're going to have a certain level of violence. But I'd certainly, you know, when I look back, I don't have to look back very far to 2018 to see a number like 46. When I look at a number like this, this early in the year, that's problematic. And I, I don't ever want to see that normalized here in our city. Uh, Lauren, do you have a follow-up? I do. It's a bit of a two-part question, first for the Justice Minister, and then I'm hoping to just uh, hear a reaction from uh, Jean and Mark as well. Uh, Minister Shandro, how does that 97 number sit with you? What is your level of concern for the gun violence situation in Calgary, and how can this funding change things? And then my, my second part is, is the specifics on how this funding can change things, and can you give specifics uh, to from Jean and from Mark on their organizations what they can do? Sure. And great question. Um, the answer is that we are concerned. Uh, as Chief Constable said, one is too many. Um, and maybe a, a bit of a shout out to, to begin my answer to this question to the Calgary Police Service, that their focus is always on, on prevention, intervention, education. They have a variety of, of uh, programs like MAST and YARD, which are always focused on trying to prevent crimes so that there isn't a requirement to then go out and and uh, and, and judging themselves on, on prevention of, of crimes rather than on their arrest statistics. And so going back to your question, how does this announcement today uh, affect that? By focusing on those prevention opportunities and the, the ways in which we can work with both community but also police services in the province like CPS for them to be able to um, address a situation like this that we're having this year by focusing on on prevention opportunities to to reduce uh, the whether it's gun crime or, or other crime as well in, in the uh, the province. Uh, Jean, over to you. Yes, thank you for the question, and I and I uh, thank the minister for uh, the um, 
talk about the prevention. And I, what I'll do is I'll go um, into a program that the Alberta Community Crime Prevention is involved with. We have four partners, and uh, it's building capacity in rural crime prevention. So it's rural crime, but this is something that could be um, put into urban centers, large urban centers. So the objective uh, with this project is building, helping communities build capacity and with the end result being a community safety plan. So that means an assessment of what's going on in the communities, um, gathering an advisory committee together and bringing all the players to the table. And I'm talking about all your social agencies, your uh, health, your education, um, religious groups, whatever, and seeing what can be done. So then we can formulate a community safety plan. And in a municipality, we have um, IDPs, we have uh, land use programs, we have emergency programs. So why would we not have an, a community safety plan? And that's and I'm I'm just going from the experience that we have um, had with our four partners in uh, in Alberta. That uh, program has been going since 2019. It's due to expire this year, and of course, we're looking for some funding to continue on because we do have five pilot sites with that program. So that is my answer to the question. Thank you. Mark, do you have anything to add? Uh, thanks for the opportunity to address that question. Um, as I mentioned, funding is a, a big challenge for not-for-profit organizations, and I, I'm not lying in saying that Crime Stoppers was fighting for its life earlier this year. Uh, it was very realistic. We might have gone under. And as funding goes down, programs go down. Uh, that is the reality of it. Um, so just looking at some of the programs we've had in the past that would help this type of issue. One is just translating uh, programs that are there into languages for newcomers. We take for granted that everyone is aware of Crime Stoppers and other programs there, but that's just simply not the case. And there are some people that are new to the country, do not speak uh, language, and somebody knows something, and you never know who it is. They might just be someone going to the grocery store and happen to witness a crime. If they don't know there's an opportunity to report that or uh, let the police know, um, how can we expect them to do that? So translation of, of program materials is one thing that we've used in the past. Another is gang diversion. Uh, we had a program, and this was many years ago, uh, uh, funding has dried up so we weren't able to continue it, uh, where we're going into schools to try and um, divert kids from gangs. Uh, and I think that was a very successful program uh, in the past. Another is reenactments of crime. Uh, just having that reenactment might trigger someone. They go, oh, wait a sec. I was at that intersection. I vaguely remember that. And as I think about it, I've got dash cam video that I could look at and pass that along to the police. So there's a lot of opportunities to prevent crime and also educate and, and prevent people from entering into uh, gang life. Thank you. Thank you very much, and thanks, everybody, for joining us today on this beautiful uh, Calgary uh, afternoon. Uh, if we could ask just the four participants to, to huddle around the podium uh, just to get a quick picture with the, uh, the sign, and uh, uh, we'll just say thank you so much for everybody coming in today.